Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23, and Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. Our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every day. And Locked On Socks is free and available on many platforms, including Locked On Socks on YouTube. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave a voice message or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for your emails. Before we get started with the actual show, I just want to say congratulations to the Chicago Sky. Awesome victory. Awesome way to get a championship, get into the playoffs, and win at all costs. And they did a great job. It's their first victory in that franchise's history. So congratulations to the Chicago Sky. We celebrate all Chicago. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, we've got the season premiere of Succession on tonight. So as soon as we're done, hopefully that'll be up on the HBO Max and I can uh, finally enjoy some time to myself with one of my favorite shows returning. So how was your weekend, Herb? It was good. Yeah, it was real good. Um, I haven't seen that show. I've only heard great things about Succession and it's probably what, fourth year? This is season three. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I got some time to catch up with that show. I've only heard People rave about that show, that and Billions. So I need to catch up with both of those shows. Yeah, Billions, I was all in on in the beginning, and I've kind of faltered from watching that. You know, so the the recipe kind of, kind of got formulaic, and you know, a little, you know, uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of exhausting at times to watch. But uh, one of one of my guys here who played a, a young Uncle Junior Soprano, Corey Stoll, I believe, uh, he's on the show Billions now. So uh, I may want to check that out and get jump back into Billions. But yeah, you, I think if you enjoy Billions at all you'll probably like succession it, uh, it's got a little more of a of an, a, a bite a little more of an edge to it and uh, the dialogue i think is uh is uh better and uh, and funnier at times so uh yeah that there we go so that's locked on socks today it is the off season uh good night right, everyone bye, we'll see you guys on friday <laughs> no all right so uh you know we we've got a lot of things to parse through over the course of this off season and uh, I guess you know we'll, we'll start by mentioning that we're going to talk about some free agent possibilities here. We're going to get into some of your phone calls, and also we're going to talk a little bit about this ALCS. I, I know you're not watching every pitch, you're not locked in, and, and neither am I. Uh, but just uh, big takeaways here, you know, uh, watching actually both the CSs here, and it, it's pretty pretty clear. You know, the old adage we we talked about it all season long when the Sox hit a skid or when they were playing well. It's not about who you play, but it's about it's oftentimes who or when you play them. And um, you look at the Astros here. They lose Lance McCullers heading into the ALCS. That's their number one of ones. We know their starting rotation isn't that strong after him. You know the bullpen's not that strong. So now you have Luis Garcia starting in game two, and he gets hurt. I believe it was in the second inning. 
Jake Orizzi had to come out, and uh, it was very awkward. He had to come out and do his full pregame program in, in front of uh, you know forty thousand plus there for all to see uh, as he got ready to get in that game. And of course, he gets lit up. The Red Sox yeah. hitting two, <laughs> yeah, it gets two grand slams uh, off the Astros pitching uh, in game two, and that series is tied up at one, going back to Fenway, uh, the Cathedral of Boston. Uh, so. You know, you look at this, the, the way these teams match up, and of course, any Sox fan is watching this ALCS unfold, like, of course, the Astros happen to be unraveling right now. I mean, it's a dramatic, mm-hmm. it's a dramatically different team uh, than they were a week ago. And, you know, this is why it's so frustrating that the White Sox weren't able to come through with a series victory there, or at least push it to a Game 5, because in Game 5, who knows what would have happened. And it's frustrating to look at it, but sometimes in the baseball playoffs – you know, it is a lot about luck, and that's not a knock. Sometimes you need a lot of luck to to get you through, and you you know, hoisting that commissioner's trophy at the end of the season. But I think that's the case of what's going on this year. The Astros looked far and away better than any team we had seen all season, and they're in shambles right now, and they'll be lucky to make it out of the ALCS. And now you have the Braves taking it to the Dodgers over there in the National League, and and I think a healthy White Sox team that played their brand of baseball, I think I would take that team. Currently, without mm-hmm. the upgrades we're about to talk about over any of these teams right now, and I know that this is so, it sounds like loser talk here. And, you know, your team's already eliminated, and you're saying that you'll you'll take your team over any of these teams. But I think it's just symptomatic of sometimes uh, you just get unlucky. Sometimes you play your your worst brand of baseball at the worst possible time, and it's important not to. Uh, you know, have your jump to conclusions mad out and make these grand proclamations and gut down your roster uh, over the course of what happened in four postseason games. So uh, just put that in your bonnet there, Sox fans, when you watch the rest of this postseason. I'm frustrated, as I'm sure you are too, Herb, watching how this thing has unfolded with the Sox sitting at home on the couch. Yeah, I've just been checking up on it via Twitter and occasionally turning my TV to the ALCS because I'm too hurt. And yeah, I see the Astros making mistakes, not getting the hits. Um, their pitchers, starting pitchers, not, you know, performing very well. Of course, you had that injury right there with Luis Garcia rocked himself uh, to the IL. <laughs> and then, yeah, Hodorizzi, just like, I get it. You got to do your thing to feel good, but don't do your thing in the future. Jesus Christ. No. I thought he, I mean, man, we wanted him so badly. And now he can't even play. Like he was going to be a big part of our offseason plans a couple years ago when he went back to the Twins. And now he's just hmm, not good. So I'm glad we didn't uh, strike on that guy. It's, I mean, we got Dallas Keuchel instead. So, yay. You know, he got us a good year out of it. But um, it's, it's very frustrating, even though I know those teams are way ahead. And I know that the Astros mistakes are because the Red Sox are pushing these mistakes onto the Astros. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it's very frustrating to see that if we play our best, we have a chance to compete with the Astros. But we have to play at our best, which is weird. The playoffs are not a, a thing where playing at your best is very uh, often. Very few teams get to do that. Yeah, and it's funny too. You talk about the uh, game of what ifs, but you know, JD Martinez. I remember that was mm. one of the first dominoes that we were waiting to fall going into last off season, whether or not he would pick up his uh, his team option, his player option, excuse me, for twenty twenty one. Of course, he he does after having a really bad twenty twenty without the use of video, and he he credits being able to you know use the video and have in game adjustments back 
to a success, but of course he hits that grand slam going opposite mm. field yesterday. It was really I, I love watching him, man. One of one of the great hitters uh, in the game, one of the great clutch hitters in my opinion, and it, it's you know a guy that really you know it makes your lineup even that more much more dynamic and you know uh, certainly a guy I would love to see in a White Sox uniform. I believe he's a free agent, uh, getting up there in years, and we have our share of of slugging right-hander, so I don't know how he fits, but I suppose we'll get into that soon here. But, you know, the Sox, they, they do have a lot of, you know, uh, moves and a lot of things they need to ponder here in short order. You know, uh, after the World Series, you know, it'll, it'll come and go before you know it here. And this is – I've been ready to do this show since we did the post-game show on the score last uh, Sunday night. And just in case they lost, I was ready to turn this over into, a, okay, Sox fans, what do you want to do this offseason? So I've had my notes here. And I ask you, her, but we will get into your voicemails and emails as well, and we'll try to weave those around this topic. But um, I ask you, Herb, if you had to rank your things of need, you know, your your confidence picks of of what the White Sox need heading into 2022, uh, what would your top uh, items be? You can give it to me in any order from least uh, uh, meaningful, least least important to most important, or most important to least important. However, you like to do it. But what what are you looking at in terms of uh, if you've got your blank check here and you've got your baseball pants on, you've got your Teflon suit on, Herb? Uh, what, what 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 moves are you making here if you're Rick Hahn heading into 2022? I'm the least of my three. I mean, there's more than just three. I I'll have three, three. I have three as well. So that that's yeah, good. Is addressing our second base situation. It's a middle infield spot. It's not the shortstop. We don't need a lot of power from this place. So this can be fixed via, via various ways. If you want to come back with Cesar Hernandez under a cheap number, I wouldn't well, love it. He's got his option. I would understand it. Oh, he has an option or they have an option? Um, well, let's see. I wonder if it's a... I think the White Sox have an club option. Op- yeah, they? club option. Yeah, so yeah. they can if they'd like, yeah. So if they really want to run it back, I would have very little problem with it if they addressed one and two. My second most important place is starting pitcher. So they need a starting pitcher. Like Carlos Rodon is going to be either on somebody else's team or on a team-friendly contract. I'm not sure if I want to try him again. He had a great year. Awesome year, but the track history is a track record is not good. And so we're paying him for what he's going to do for us, what we think he's going to do for us, not what he has done. So I'm moving forward, getting somebody else, maybe a high price guy who wants to be here. And that can be a top of the rotation guy. Doesn't have to be the best pitcher in baseball. Doesn't have to be Marcus Stroman, who we think probably won't come here because of the, the problems he has with uh, Tony Larusa. Yeah, if you don't rem- Gall- if, you, if you don't remember, like uh, he was one of the first players in baseball to be outspoken about the choice of Tony Larusa on at at a national level. That was before he Marcus Stroman knew he wasn't coming to the Sox. He knew he had already signed his uh, deal for the Mets, but he was one of the first players to speak out against Tony Larusa. For those of you who forget, and we never forget as Sox fans, do we? Yeah, I would think a guy like Kevin Gausman, you know, a guy that's not too expensive, uh, had a nice bounce back career move when he went out there to San Francisco. I like that move. He probably won't cost you that much, a little bit around 20 million annual, annual average value for him somewhere in that range. Um, that's would be my number two move, a starting pitcher. 
and my 100% number one is finally solving the right field thing, not waiting for a rookie to come up. Sorry, Andrew Vaughn. Sorry, Gavin Sheets. Sorry, all these people. I don't know if Andrew Vaughn's going to be a superstar. I do not know that. I'm in my championship contention now, currently. So I can't be having waiting for him not to be for us to find out. Is he just a platoon player or is he really, really special? I don't know if I can do that. So I got to go out and find me a right-handed right fielder or left-handed. I don't care if the guy can match, he can match. But the one I want, you know, the guy I love, Nick Castellanos. If he doesn't sign his player option for the Reds, going back to the Reds and becomes a free agent again, I want him. I want him in the White Sox. At least I want them to go after him. The offensive numbers are staggering. Having him on the team gives you a lot of options. You can make him your actual everyday DH, but I don't think he would like that as a 30-year-old player. But that would solve a lot of things on base, slugging in right field. You would finally have a right fielder for the next at least three to four years. That would be really solid for the White Sox. I'm not besmirching. Gavin Sheets or Vaughn, but I can't wait if you're the White Sox. You got to have it now. You got to have the complete team now. And I know they would rather wait for some of the players they sign, like a a Colas to get good, or I don't know, the other uh, Cuban pitcher or player that we have signed. We can't wait anymore. We're in our contention now, so we need to go all out for Nick Castellanos if he gets out of his deal with the Reds. Yeah, although I'm lockstep with you uh, on on most of that here. Let me backtrack about Cesar Hernandez. Uh, he, that's not an option. He's straight up uh, $6 million is his base, uh, up from $5 million in 2021. So he gets a, a million-dollar bump, uh, and his contract is, is just straight up one more year than he's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So there is no option. So he, he's coming back. He's on the team for next year. Hang on now. <laughs> He's on the team for next year. So unless Rickon decides to trade him, I don't know who would take that. I don't know what you'd package it for, but maybe he's like a – For $6 million, what he does is fine. Yeah, yeah. That's – you know, I should add also here that the White Sox, you know, we always talk about this team and how they don't spend, but because of the deals – and every everything, everyone's salaries escalates. You know all these team friendly deals; they all go up a little bit. You know the Lance Lynn extension here in, as well, the Dallas Keuchel deal. The Sox find themselves currently projected uh, at seventh in payroll, so they're going to be a top ten payroll team in twenty twenty two. Now that that's pretty high for the White Sox, and that 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 that's a red flag for me because I think they'll see that and they can easily hmm. say, oh well, we're top ten in payroll. You know, I think they jumped from like what seventeenth last going into the into twenty twenty one. So I, I believe that's where it was. But league average is the Toronto Blue Jays at at fourteenth uh, with one hundred eight million dollar payroll. The White Sox projected to have one hundred sixty seven million dollar payroll. So you know that that would mean you know if you want to make some big splashes, you'd be coming in just a a uh, hair under 200 million possibly you know if if you fix all the things that we say need to be fixing which i'm i'm skeptical about here but let's just play with, with uh, you know uh, with, with jerry's money and and address the needs that need to be fixed here um i you know we'll go over some of the names here in each category after i after i give my 
wish list here. I'll give you my top needs for the White Sox in 2022 next year on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV. Welcome aboard, DirecTV. Does this sound familiar to you guys out there? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. DirecTV, get your TV together. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I rank my needs as follows. I, second base is no longer on my list after mm-hmm. after realizing that, that Cesar Hernandez is, is here no matter what. I think you can win with him. I, th- I really believe in this kid's glove. I don't know what the bat is, quite frankly. I don't know if he's the you know home run guy that you saw in the first half before he got traded. I, I don't know if that's consistent. You know, it could be an outlier season. And I don't know if the gold glove season of 2020 is the outlier. I don't know what you're getting there, but I, I've seen enough of the good to just get, just stabilize it a little bit for me, young man, and just get just give me just a, a little bit of everything. You, you know, just play a solid defense for me. They need to work on that in spring training. Everyone does, and he's a big part of it. Him coming over halfway through the season, I'm sure that that's part of you know a lot of the miscommunications you see out there. Someone's got to be the quarterback of the infield. It's got to be Tim, and they've got to work on that this spring. So, like first before any free agent comes in here, they need to tighten that up. And Caesar is going to be a big part of that. Like he looked lost a lot, and I don't know if it was just you know uncomfortable. Uh, new teammates with new surroundings, but I expect it to get better in 2022. So I don't have second base on my list of needs. But with the caveat, like if you can improve any position, I'm open to looking at that as as Rickon should be, and I'm sure you fall in line with that as well. Like I mm-hmm. I wouldn't just look at my roster and be like, yeah, I'm satisfied with this. Like if the right deal comes along, uh, I would I would seek to to upgrade. You know. So, but I'm just saying, all things equal, where are the holes right now, and this is what we're projecting here. Uh, I my third most important need out of my one to three. Uh, is backup catcher. And I, I think this was – I was fighting it all season, and people talking about Grandal and his deficiencies behind the plate because of his strong offensive abilities this year and what he did after coming off the IL. You know, I, through gritted teeth, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, his defense will be fine, guys. He's fine because uh, look what he does for you. We love him because he gets on base, right? But I think it's pretty clear that the Sox need to tighten up the, the whole uh, runners just stealing on, on every possible whim when games matter the most. Uh, that, that's got to stop. But it's not just Grandal. It's the pitching staff. It's everything, right? so But a big part of what the Sox need back there is they need to be able to have a guy who can be your not only your, your emotional leader and also be a guy who can keep the, the running game at bay, a guy who can give your starting staff the confidence and your bullpen the confidence that if you're calling for a breaking pitch, he's going to be able to catch that ball. He's going to be able to smother that ball in the dirt. you know. And, and I don't know. I heard Stone was on the score talking about Carlos Rodon not wanting to throw the slider because he was worried Grandal wouldn't catch it, speculating mm-hmm. on that. I think maybe it was a little bit of that, but more so maybe the the arm just was you know barking at him too much because when you throw that slider, it 
little more stressful on your arm. So I don't know what it was, but I think we've seen times over the season where, you know, these, these Sox pitchers have this nasty breaking stuff, but you just don't see it often. And you go back to game one with Lance Lynn talking about sequencing and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I think they know they have a problem here. And I'm not saying that you just move Grandal permanently, but he does give you some flexibility. Like many other guys on this roster, he can DH for you. He can play first base. And maybe he catches, you know, 100 games a year. But the other 60 games and once the postseason starts, you have a, a strong, solid, veteran, defensive-oriented oriented catcher back there. And uh, the number one guy on the top of my list, you just saw him in the Astros series. It's Martin Maldonado. He's bounced around a bit, but the guy's a winner. I, I love his, his mental makeup. I, I love how he's kind of a hard-ass back there. I do believe in balance on a ball club. You can have guys that flip bats and have fun and wear red gloves and all that, but also you do need a little bit of edge to you. And I, and I think... I alluded to it in the last recap show we did. Like, I would like to see a little bit more grit, a little more edge from the Sox team. And when you can have that, usually the catcher is the one that brings that personality to your ball club. And I would love to see Martin Martin Maldonado back there in a playoff game. You know, one of, one of my closers at, at a positional level. You know, like he's just uh, you saw what he did w- with the White Sox series, and I don't know how it's going to fly. I know there were some issues there once the the bean balls started happening at the end of Game Four. Uh, Maldonado kind of took the whole Sox dugout to task. He's like, you just look, "We talked about it." He's looking over there like, "What? Do something." I love that in that guy, you know. And mm-hmm. he took exception to Ta's bat flip back in the, you know in twenty was it eighteen at this point twenty nineteen. I don't even remember. He, he, he took exception to that. He was behind the dish with the Royals at the time, and I criticized him at the time. But I think there is some importance to that. But ultimately, it's about what he brings to the table defensively. So he would be the first call I make. You know, sometimes it's the little moves, right? Like in 05, and I hate doing the 05 comp, but signing AJ, you know, a guy with some smarts, a guy who can get under the opponent's skin a little bit. Sometimes it's just the little moves you make around the margin that can turn your, your ball club into a pretender to a contender. So Martin Maldonado, line one, uh, you just offer him some more money than Houston does, and hopefully sign seal delivered, and then won't cost you a lot. That's not going to probably put you in the top five payroll, signing Martin Maldonado, and your team just got better. And you could sort out the other stuff later on with 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 Grandal. Uh, again, still still my guy back there. But when the games matter the most, I want a defensive minded catcher back there. And if that means you got to trade Zach Collins or whatever, then do so. You'd be trading at his you know lowest possible value. But sometimes you you know you 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 have to make those moves at this point. It's like you know paying Adam Eaton to not be on your team. Sometimes you had to make a tough decision. And you know it's you know no decision uh, is you know will cost you more uh, than uh, than a wrong decision. So. All right, backup catcher. That's very long-winded. But uh, number two biggest need for the White Sox in my book, I have the right fielder. And you alluded to it. I'm, I'm sick of the black hole out there. You know, and, and Adam Engel, we thought at times maybe he could be the guy on a full-time basis, but uh, too hurt. You know, it looked like maybe he was going to have a strong season before he got injured in spring training. Uh, but, you know, often injured and just ultimately – you, you see the depth that other teams have in baseball, and I think it's time to raise the the, the, the floor here in terms of the talent level uh, in the outfield. You know, leave no doubt uh, why you're so close to being one of the better teams in baseball. And I agree with you, Nick Castellanos, he's not going to win you a gold glove out there, but the guy is an absolute gamer, and he, I love his approach. You know, you, we talk about all, all the Astros and, and their contact-reliant approach and how it served them well against the White Sox, but Castellanos fits that mold, I believe, as a guy who will get on base at all costs, and he'll even slug for you, give you some power when the time is right. And ultimately, like I, I love his makeup. 
just as as a guy. You know, you you know, he he loves the game of baseball. He you know his teammates love him. You know, he just he's great with the media, and these things should not ultimately matter. But I think they you ultimately will hear Rick Hahn talk about why clubhouse fit does matter, and you will not find a guy. Uh, around baseball, I don't think who has a, a negative word to say about Nick Castiano. So to me, that that's a home run in my book, and he'd be the first call I make to shore up right field. And I and I know people will criticize the defense, but uh, it is what it is. And you know, let, uh, let's face it, uh, it's not like the White Sox are going to shift at all or do any other th- important things uh, to improve around the margin. So you might as well match your way uh, to another division title, and uh, you might as well have as many bats as you can when you go up against some of the better starting pitchers like your Lance McCullers Juniors of the world. And my number one need, Herb, I would say after watching the Sox in 2021 in the postseason and, and seeing their strong starting pitching fail them, I need a, a lockdown number one starting pitcher in this rotation. Mm-hmm. I love your idea of Kevin Gaussman, who's a free agent, only uh, age 31. And who knows, maybe maybe it's a fluke, you know, but I look at the other guys on the list here. Max Scherzer, going to be 38 next year. Justin Verlander coming off Tommy John. So he's going to be 39, but having not pitched at all last year. Those two guys are intriguing to me. If you talk about two guys that are veterans that have been there, done that, that can maybe make your the rest of your guys and your pitching staff better, your Dylan Seasons, your Michael Kopecks. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm not so sure the White Sox aren't going to try to come back to the table to Carlos Rodon and, and try to work something out here. Um, I don't know how I feel about that yet at this point, but I, my gut right now says I, I would agree with you that it may just be time to say goodbye. Like you, you, you wrote him as long as you could this season, and he was great. But ultimately, you know, it's a guy who's too often injured. And it's just the reality, man. It's a cost of doing business. I would hate to go into 2022 with everything being the same and then have Carlos Rodon get hurt again. I'd rather watch a different movie, if that makes sense. So a Gaussman would be good long-term. It extends your window. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're looking just to go, sometimes when you're in a championship window like this, you go from just one year to year, and you look at guys on short-term deals, that's why a Verlander or Scherzer maybe would make sense. Kershaw, also a free agent. But what do you think about some of those guys, some of the older guys who have all the uh, postseason experience in the world? Some of these guys showing signs of wear and tear like Scherzer a little bit, but uh, ultimately these guys are proven winners in the postseason, especially Verlander. What do you think about a short-term deal uh, for a couple guys like that? Verlander would be a hard no, not because he's anything old Detroit and all that stuff. I just don't know what you're going to get from him. We saw what happened with Carlos Rodon where he f- hit the wall at the end of the year, coming back from Tommy John, not pitching for a couple of years. That's what you would be getting from Verlander, pitch, uh, missing the whole 2021 season and some of 20 th- 2020. So I don't want to start all over. Your in- idea about Max Scherzer is intriguing, very intriguing. We saw that he's probably going to be one or two in Cy Young for the National League this year he still got some juice and we saw him pitch in the playoffs. He's looking like the Max Scherzer of old. He's doing things that are defying his age. So at 38, yeah, maybe for one or two years, you want to sign him because he's that guy at the top of your rotation that, you know, if it's the game seven of a championship series, you want him on the bump because he's going to be out there giving you maximum effort and ferocious uh, movement on those balls. So that's very intriguing. I don't know. That's very on White Sox like. So <laughs> I'm not even gonna put my eggs in that basket, but I like the idea though. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would love Max Scherzer. It'd be great. 
Uh, let's take a look at some other intriguing options here before we say goodbye and we'll get to your emails and voicemails on tomorrow's show already. We're all we're almost out of time here. But, you know, in terms of the big needs here, right field, another guys, another couple guys here I would uh, kick the tires on and see. Uh, some Someone, a White Soxy move to make here. He's only 29. But Michael Conforto, a left-handed stick, um, you know, struggled a bit at times uh, throughout his career, but showed flashes at times. You know that 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 may be a White Soxy move to make. Mm-hmm. You know, to to save you a few bucks and give you you know some left-handed uh, power, uh, which I think they could obviously use. And also Chris Bryant, man, Chris mm-hmm. Bryant. You know, that's that. I think that's a that's a fantasy at this point because Boris Client, and also he's just one of the best players in all of baseball, but. People were clutching their pearls, you know, and not just recently when Patrick Nolan, P. Knowles, was talking about trading Andrew Vaughn, but we mentioned we would trade Andrew Vaughn for Chris Bryant at the deadline. And, yeah. and people were just like, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I think a guy who brings that type of versatility and, and that character uh, mix in the clubhouse, I think he would just be absolutely awesome. And he's still uh, oh so young, Chris Bryant is. You know, he, he will be only 30 next season so that's a guy who you can uh you know keep as part of your championship core uh for the next three or four years so that that's that that would be like my fantasy wish right there you can play him all over um and and give some guys some rest around the diamond this is not just one of those guys that's like oh dh first base and and you can give like one or two other guys rest but you could actually give Yohan some rest at third you can give your outfield some rest so this guy is huge He's, he's literally played every position he's played center field I, I not literally every position he hasn't caught, but uh, I'm sure he could <laughs> if he wanted to. He, if you ask Chris Bryan to catch, I'm sure he'd be like, "Yeah, Tony, I, I'll catch whatever you need me to do. I love it. I love sitting back there and talking <laughs> to the hitters." <laughs> um, so you know, we get three sons after the game. <laughs> exactly. So That'd be great. Yeah. So those those that's those are the guys in the in the mix for right field. And uh, just, I told you my top three guys for starting pitchers: Gaussman, Scherzer, Verlander. Uh, the Verlander thing, I get what you're saying, um, and I certainly wouldn't begrudge the White Sox for not for not wanting to throw money at that. But you just you've seen what he's done in the postseason; it's hard to argue with the track record. It would be quite a gamble, um, but uh, maybe at, at a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, you know. But it, again, it would probably be his last deal he ever gets, I would think, unless he thinks he still has more. I remember we had Ben Verlander. Uh, on the score, his brother, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how be- how Justin wants to pitch, I think, until he's like 45 or something like that. So maybe he would sign a one-year prove-it uh, and he'd get one more deal elsewhere, but it's it certainly worth uh, just giving a, a workout and seeing what he's what he's working with. Um, I, the right field market I mentioned and the relief pitchers, you know, the Craig Kimbrell option, we talked about that, and I think we are both on the side of, yes, pick up that option at $16 million, and I think that's where your payroll starts to get a little bloated when you talk about that $16 million option for Craig Kimbrell. You, again, I want to know, Rick Hunt's probably going to speak this week. We'll cover that, everything he says of note, but $16 million, I want to know how did he break and how are you going to fix him, but ultimately that's a guy that I want in my bullpen. I'll, I'll take my chances on, on thinking that my team, that my scouts and, and my analytics people can fix him rather than just giving him away uh, for you know pennies on the dollar. So I think we're both agree- in agreement Craig Kimbrell's coming back. But mm-hmm. if you have Michael Kopech going into your rotation, you're going to still need – you still have a big, of a, a, a big hole in that bullpen there, and there's a couple guys here who I really love watching. And you talk about shortening a ball game and maybe giving your starters some rest because who knows how these pitchers are going to respond after – the, the 2020 season and then ramping all the way up and then another season where they're ramping up. You'd think maybe they'll be back to normal, but uh, if they're not and if you just want to shorten some games and you want to give Tony some tools down there in the bullpen, 
Rysel Iglesias mm-hmm. is going to be filthy, filthy, filthy boy. He's uh, going to be a free agent this offseason. He was a three-win player with 34 saves and an ERA under three for Joe Madden's Angels. Like, Rysel Iglesias, he's one of those guys, he's in that Emmanuel Class A category where you're just like, man, when this guy's right, I don't know how you hit that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if they'll be able to afford him. He's the top relief pitcher on the market, but – you know, he's a natural closer, so maybe you're opening up another can of worms here with guys who are closers, you know. But I, I think he, he didn't always close. But that's a guy, if you're just talking about stuff, uh, that, that guy I want in my bullpen right there. Um, Corey Knable is going to be 30. He's got a two four five ERA in 2021 uh, with the Dodgers now. And Daniel Hudson, a former White Sox prospect uh, with a three four nine ERA in 2021. He's going to be 35 next year. Uh, but uh, that was the guy who we targeted last season, and of course he had a three four nine for the Padres. So, you know, uh, relief pitchers—that's that's really a luxury item if you're if you're really going all in. I, you know, I definitely don't see the White Sox making a big splash in that market because they have much bigger needs. But I think mm-hmm. the Michael Kopech moving from there creates a, a a bit of a hole. So I would like to see them shore that up a bit and back up catcher. Uh, I mentioned Martin Maldonado, but other, you know the, this list is not a great list. This is why you break the bank, uh, at least the, the the backup catcher bank for Martin Maldonado, because your other backup catchers, not these guys are not backups per se, but they would be here. Roberto Perez, Christian Vasquez, and Jan Gomes all are also defensive oriented free agent catchers into in the 2022 season that are free agents. So. They've got some options here. They, they, the Sox can definitely get better, and they, thankfully for them, their positions of weakness, they, they can go out and, and acquire those guys in free agency. So they, they can't say that the, the options, they didn't have options going into 2022. The only question is, will they spend? So what's this White Sox payroll going to look like in 2022 when it's all said and done? We'll talk about that next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built bar celebrate the freedom of choice with built bar the best tasting protein bar ever do you guys know that built bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for everyone you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about all their favorites me mine it's the german chocolate of course but you never know what your favorite will be maybe you're looking to try something different they've got so many different flavors for you to check out coconut cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream and there it is german chocolate my favorite right there at the bottom it should be at the top in my opinion you may have a favorite built bar already but maybe you have your next favorite that you have no idea about that's why you got to sign up for those alerts the text alerts at built com lets you know when new flavors are dropping the puffs are always awesome when they're in stock for a limited time you got to grab those snatch them up here's the thing about built bars right not only are they good they're delicious but they're also good for you most of them are packed with 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from only 130 to 180 calories four to five grams per sugar only per built bar and four to five grams of net carbs. So if you're trying to do the right thing, holidays are coming, you're trying to push through, you're trying to make good choices like I am, Built Bars are always a great call. And if you order today, go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15. It's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 at Built.com. Built Bar, it's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Do you believe the White Sox sitting, what did I say, they're seventh in payroll? Do you think they make moves and get themselves into the top five when you're looking at this roster on opening day? No, the White Sox will not be in the top five in payroll in 2022. I'm just, they haven't been there in a long time. I don't know if Jerry feels the urgency 
hopefully you watch that world of that uh, DS and seeing that places are deficient on the White Sox. Houston is better, but they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're at our point where we should be competing still for an American League pennant, and we're nowhere near that. So I want him to realize that and let Rick fix what needs to be fixed. And I think Rick and Kenny and their pro scouting uh, people can find the players to supplement the where the lineup and the defense falls short. I would love for that to happen because having Larry Garcia play all four games of your DS, start all four games of your DS, is an unacceptable thing. He's a good player that has done had a good overall year, but he shouldn't be starting all those games at positions of need for your team. So, yes, I think the White Sox will finish out of the top five. I'm not even sure they'll make the top ten next year. I know that they're there right now, but other teams are hungry. Other teams are thinking about these guys. And maybe after the CBA gets ratified, hopefully with no problem, no strike, no lockout, we're seeing a lot of spending on the other side of that because people realize that this is a wide open spot because there's two teams that are probably going to make it to the World Series that were wildcard teams. So the wildcard game is going to have a little bit more uh, oomph to it if that's not even a, a thing next year. Hopefully they go back to the 16 game thing where everybody gets in pretty much and we battle, and it's an open forum. That will be the best scenario coming out of this uh, strikeout, strike lockout CBA negotiation. So White Sox out of the top ten, I hope, though, they make smart moves and get into the top five. Yeah, I, I do too. If I had to bet, I would say no, they're not going to be in the top five because you make a really good point there about teams jumping them. Right now they're at seventh, and teams that are below them, Mets, Reds, Braves, Astros, Angels, Brewers, and then Blue Jays and Giants sitting at 16. Um, you know, Giants always on, on the table, you know, especially, you know, they've got a lot of free agents coming off the books and uh, they want to get back into that. Uh, Resign and Bryant probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, Gausman we that, spoke about too. Exactly. So they're going to make a jump probably to the top 10, I would think, just with those couple moves alone. Um, you know, Angels always willing to throw some money around. You know, they've got the Babe Ruth season from Shohei Otani, if nothing to show for it. Um, Astros, you know, Correa mm-hmm. coming off the books, they're going to have a big hole there at shortstop. Will they? I don't think they're going to resign him. I think the, when we nope. talk, when we talked to our guys at Locked On Astros, they made that pretty clear. I don't know what they would do there, um, but I think they're going to spend some money because they're going. They got some pitching needs, man. So I think they'll find themselves in the top. Uh, 10 so that you know they they move up a, a slot there the Mets that's weird when you look at the Mets that's a team that spent a lot of money last season with really mm-hmm. nothing to show for it so you know <laughs> uh, uh, what, what do they call him uh, Uncle Steve you know Steve Cohen like you know they, he may look at this like you know what I, I gave you everything last year uh, and I'm not going to throw more money at this at this problem but you, you never know how these crazy billionaires spend their money uh, Braves probably not a candidate to move up neither are the Reds uh, but neither are the Brewers but yeah the Blue Jays you know, being so close at, at the end. You know, Robbie Ray is a, n- a name that I forgot to mention uh, mm. that's coming off the books for them that's going to command a big deal. What are, what are your thoughts on Robbie Ray as a number one guy? Um, are you are you a believer in uh, in Robbie Ray? Um, As your ace, he theoretically probably will win the Cy Young this year, either him or Garrett Cole. Um, So... Technically, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Had an awesome year. Is it just the, hey, I'm getting in shape, getting my pitches right, because I know it's my walk year, it's uh, time to cash in? 
or is this him? Is this him going forward? That's the, the calculation. I'd like to have maybe a little bit more domination steadily Yeah. to give him all the money. I don't know where he's looking. Where is he in his 30s? He's about to be in his 30s. Right. Um, for the White he's, Sox. He's 30, 30 exactly, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is a better. What, what Carlos Rodon did this year, he had more consistency, and he was better than Carlos Rodon overall. So do I pay that 25 per? real tough it's not my money yeah f it i don't know if i'm gonna get this level performance going forward maybe i get one year is it worth it if we get a world series out of that one year yeah so now i'm talking myself into it fuck it let's do it well it's weird because you know we're talking about all these guys that are going to be approaching 40 and guys that have the track record but we know it's not going to last very long and then you have guys Mm -hmm. with not a real long track record who you've seen it more recently than some of these other guys. So it's really a, a tough situation here. Robbie Ray in 2020, after coming over, he had a, an ERA of 784 with Arizona in 2020. Then he comes over to the Blue Jays and posts a 479. So he immediately improved. And of course, the 284 ERA in 2021. I mean, those games that we saw him against the White Sox, he looked mm-hmm. pretty pretty damn good, man. And I know it's going to be tough uh, to watch him in those tight pants uh, on the south side, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think we would we would deal with it. But yeah, man, that's that's quite a gamble, man. I, I always have a hard time throwing you know White Sox money at guys who haven't proven it for, proven it for an extended period of time. But no one would question the thought process, right? Like you know, no. he, he was the best pitcher in the American League in a really tough division, and so no one would question that if they decided to throw money at him. So I'm going to put that out there now. If they pursue him. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I get that it maybe could not work, but I also get how it could. So you talk about a real low number on them too. Yeah, on a spot, spot track. What do they have? Only like eighteen million is market value. Okay, yeah, it's weird. I would expect that to jump up a little bit. I don't know when they when they update that. Yeah, so they, they, there's some options there, and you know that's a lot of interesting options. There's there are no slam dunks. Like there are no Manny Machados in this free agent class where you'd be like, yep, that's our need. That's the guy proven track record young player like there's not many guys out there like that so Rickon's gonna have to be smart uh with his moves here this offseason so uh all right that that's all we got and you know uh we'll get into the mailbag in the next episode yay 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 we've got a lot of, of smart questions here and a lot of voicemails so we'll get to that in tomorrow's show here but we're gonna try to do as many episodes as we can you, they want us to do five a week until November, um, but I, I think we'll be able to hit that mark this week because we already got a couple great episodes in, in, in the in the bank, and Rick Hahn's going to speak hopefully this week, so I think we'll be able to get through that. So uh, that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Herb Lawrence at Noel23, and our show is at Locked on Socks, and thank you for making Locked on Socks your first listen every day. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. For Chris, I'm Herb. Thank you for listening again to Locked on Socks.